0: listening to Season 2 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Hi everybody, this is the auxiliary gate podcast this is episode 63 and i'm joined by my pals reunited at last first of <laughs> all alan schneider uh alan uh, i heard that you have applied for a position of a cameraman at ellis park is
1: that true? <laughs> you know what uh I, I couldn't do any worse than what they've got going on right there now it's uh yeah anybody knows it's hard to watch let's put it that way it's uh uh, I think the other day they completely lost the race, which which is a new one on me, so I don't know much about camera work, but I'm sure I could give it a shot.
0: well, yeah, they literally ran off the screen, you yes, mean, you hear horses <laughs> running off the screen sometimes the, the whole field ran off the screen this time we
1: so, we yeah. love Ellis Park, but they've got they have some issues that they really need to tend to let's let's just be frank about it yeah. uh, uh, so. Anyhow,
0: <laughs> okay, cool. we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, also joining us fresh off his trip from Grenada, Mr. Yep. Brandon Jaggers, the newly married Brandon Jaggers. How are you doing, sir?
2: Yeah, guys, the honeymoon's over. Reality set back in. I got to get back to work to pay for everything.
0: How's married life? Is it what you, everything you thought it would be?
2: Um, you know, it's cloud nine. You know, right after you get married, then you do this honeymoon. It's awesome, and then you come back to reality, and it's, you know, kind of like how we were before we were married. Very similar. So, all That's- good. It's very special. Hoping to get a family soon with maybe a child or two on the way. We'll see. Wow, and, nice. Uh, oh. We're gonna try to make some room for horses again, and uh. I tell you, folks, when when I was there, we hit the early morning pick five at Churchill. I think it was closing weekend. That paid really nicely for me, twenty six hundred while I was there. Nice. Uh, I, I split it with my friend, uh, two two guys back here that was begging to get some action on that that Saturday, or I think it was a Saturday card, yeah. And then uh, the same day, our horse went up to Arlington and we ran third up in arlington so uh we don't we don't think she's a seven furlong type horse. she needs to get back to the mile 16th mile and eighth where she belongs but you know she did run a good effort and we'll see her return which we hope on turf i can't believe they said turf but you know in this game it could be any other way uh but back at ellis
1: park looking forward to that
2: the
0: the one and a half turn groupie doll stakes that's that's a flat mile can't wait yeah, excited. Okay, all right, let's get to the matter at hand here. This is uh, to me, this is the best part of the summer. Uh, Saratoga opens on Thursday, I believe Del Mar maybe opens on Friday. Uh, so, a lot of stuff, to, to, a lot of races to handicap, and a lot of stuff to look forward to. Love the two year old races, uh, love the, the big, big stakes action, and to help us with saratoga saratoga is on my bucket list i've never been alan's never been brandon has been but uh, it's it's at the top of my bucket list i got to get up there at some point point. and uh, we've invited matt pappas to join us who lives in saratoga springs uh, yeah i assume he, i think he grew up there but matt are you there
3: how's it going guys
0: it's wonderful we're we're excited because it's going to be a big weekend of horse racing and that's what we live for uh, Matt, first of all, tell us about yourself and then, and, and is that right? You grew up in, in Saratoga Springs or, or near, nearby?
3: Yeah. So I grew up about 20 minutes South of Saratoga, but you know, with family, with horses, we always spent, you know, every, pretty much every day. It was kind of like summer camp for us. We'd call it, uh, so every day. And then when I graduated and finally bought a place, I bought, um, up in Saratoga just because I loved it so much better than renting up there. That's for sure. Hmm. yeah sounds like it so uh well let's
0: get right into it uh uh, let's just say uh i want to go to the track one day at saratoga and i'm i'm a churchill downs guy that's that's my home track and that's these guys home home track but i don't know a whole lot about the grandstand or the the sight lines or anything at saratoga what what would you recommend for a a rookie Where, where, where where do i need to sit
3: I mean, so a lot of people that come to Saratoga will do um, the backyard. They'll bring their coolers, their sandwiches, um, and then every race they'll come out towards um, right on the apron. Um, it's huge apron. Um, the backyard probably has half of the capacity, uh, maybe more. Um, but if you want it to be like in the grandstand, they have options for everybody. You can be in the clubhouse. You know, they have seats. They have boxes there. They have the seats in the grandstand that are the same as the clubhouse seats, just the sections change. Um, and then this cool area they put in a couple years ago. Um, it's all the way when you're turning for home. It's called Top of the Stretch, and it's kind of like a party atmosphere. You know, Dave Portnoy from Barstool, he's got seats up there. It's like a younger-ish crowd. Um, it looks brand new compared to the rest of the track. They got a nice bar there. Um, so that's a good option um but really there's not a bad seat in the grandstand where do Um, you where do you land when you when you're at the track um so my family had a box for years um so i've become friends with people in that area so now that they don't have it um i join them a lot you know we'll split tickets um so it's fun but i like to walk around have you know friends from college and stuff being around in high school and I just can't sit still for the thirty minutes in between every single race. <laughs> I feel you there. Especially you play a pick five like all right, what am I gonna do until the next leg? That's right. <laughs> is is there a Hattie's chicken? Is that, that that's a big deal, right?
0: At Saratoga? Yeah,
3: so they have one. Um the food's actually I would say the best like fast food in a track you can get. Um the Hattie's chicken they have one in the track and then they have one in downtown and then they have one, maybe like two or three miles past town. I think it's much better when you're going to the restaurant. Um, you know, it's fried chicken. They make it, it kind of hangs out there. Um, but they have, uh, you know, shake shack, which is pretty famous burgers. They're kind of like that in and out. Um, and then pies on wheels, which is uh wood fire pizza, um, you know, the whole kind of towards the backyard area, they have five or six different food trucks, uh, mac and cheese, Italian ice. Um, they really have options for everybody. I will tell you
2: that shake shack is always like 200 people in that line. It's, so busy, this... it's pretty efficient. I would say it takes about a full race to get your order placed in your meal. So looking about 25, 30 minutes
3: but it is really good
2: it'll, it'll save your life out there
3: so the secret to um that is they have a app and i gotta find the app because i didn't have it you know last year but it has i'd say maybe 50 percent of the restaurants for the track on it and shake shacks one of them wow. where you can put in a pre-order so now you're waiting in line there might be 100 people at the track that are ordering and that's That's probably part of the reason why it's taken so long. Uh, Most people don't know it, um, but a friend of mine was the one who showed me. You know, it's people who are there every day ordering um, to come up one weekend. You're probably not going to know it. I had no idea. I didn't know it, and I've been been there forever.
0: (laughs) There's a Shake Shack now in Lexington, if you ever – I've been there one time. There was a line there. It's just a really popular spot. The food was excellent. So, so speaking of food, all right. So you you attend a day at the races and you want to go eat. Uh, let's just say on a Wednesday or Thursday night. What's give me give me three or four options for upscale dining?
3: Um, so the best restaurant in Saratoga is Salivo. Um, it's right on Philo Street in downtown. It's Italian you're never going to leave hungry. Um, but it's, you know, you got every type of Italian, you know, you have a just simple chicken parm. Um, you'll, you'll have different crazy specials. They do. Um, it's a big racetrack hangout. Like last night when we were there, you know, it was Shug was sitting inside Anthony Dutrow and his family, Johnny V, um, Jonathan kitchen and his group of guys, um, from the breeders cup. And, you know, so that's always a cool atmosphere. They have inside and they have outside. Outsides first come, first serve. So, you know, if people who don't know that they're coming, they make last minute plans. It's a great option. Um, 15 Church is another option. It's um, up Church Street, uh, probably like if you're going towards downtown, it's halfway towards the end of Broadway. Um and they have cool patio outside, retractable roof. They put TVs everywhere so you can go and watch Del Mar after Saratoga's done. Um, their food's more like American style. So, you know, the chickens, the steaks, um, the seafood. Um, another good one's Taverna Nova, which is a little bit outside of town, past um, kind of beh- behind town, maybe like a mile ish from the track um and they have awesome wood fire pizza um the ovens from italy or something like that uh that's a good one
0: um kind of places zeroes is that more of a like a bar or like a hangout or it's not a restaurant
3: so zeroes is one of like the old old school places that used to be like the restaurant like everybody went there you know when I, when i was a kid before i was a kid Um, And it was like, you know, back in the day, big boxers would go there, movie stars, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, every trainer when they won a big race, that was where they went. Um, It kind of had some issues last year, we could say. Um, But they reopened with same guys that have been running it, the maitre d' and the manager for years and years. Um, They opened Wednesday night with the Ciro's Cup, which is like a local charity event thing. Um, but you you can do the indoor dining there. And then they have all outside open tent, you know, TVs, bars. It's huge. And then they also have an inside bar, which a lot of people like. Um, later in the night, they have a piano player. Um, so it's kind of like uh, you hear like the Billy Joel type music, um, good cocktails.
0: Have you ever run into Andy Serling?
3: Um, yeah, that's probably a topic that we'll talk about off recording. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was I was actually an intern up at the track when I was younger, and for some reason I don't know, the guy doesn't seem to like me too much. So okay, we will talk know. about we will
1: talk about that off air
3: then. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because you know he he grew up up here, so we have a lot of um you know friends that are friends with me, friends with him, friends with other people that don't get along with each other. Um but yeah, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> okay, I love I I can't wait.
0: <laughs> hey guys, uh, any
2: questions for for Matt?
1: Yeah, go ahead there Brandon.
2: Yeah, so what was so when you're at the track uh, and this is I guess cuz I haven't been up there uh until, you know, it was pre-COVID. What is the new building again that they built at the racetrack in Saratoga? Is that what you were explaining earlier?
3: Oh, it's I completely forgot about that one. So that's another new one. Um, so that one is if you're coming, the other one's at the top of the stretch. So when you're turning for home and it's all outside, um, it would yeah. be part of the grandstand. The This one is the 1863 Club. Um, they have... Dining options with, like, tables, buffet, um, Sundays, certain Sundays of the meet, they do, like, an all-you-could-drink mimosa thing from 11 to 2 or 3. Um, and then they have suites and stuff they sell upstairs. Um, a lot of people do them for, like, corporate events. And, um, you know, certain owners have transitioned from being in the boxes to buying those because they like having the air conditioning and, you know, their own machines to bet on and yeah. Um, but that, yeah, it's interesting because you're not, you don't really get. I like to watch the race when I'm there. They call me crazy, but like on there, you're watching past the finish line. So. Right. Um. But yeah, they're all. There's not really a bad seating option because it's so open. You can kind of go anywhere, in the track.
2: Yeah. Is, is there a jockey club that's close to there at all?
3: Um. So the Where's jockey the club comes up in the summer. Um. Ironically enough, I was storing their uh, – they're having an event tomorrow for the backstretch employees. My friend that works for them gave me all their stuff to store at my house for the past uh, month or so when she came up. Um, so, yeah, they're like right when you come out of the track, um, they have like a satellite office there, okay. and then they have another office in the track um, okay. kind of by the jockey's path. Yeah.
2: I guess I'm thinking – is there a museum there, too, with all – Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell us about that, too, because that's right outside the track or on the Main Street area there.
3: Yep, so if you're on the um, Nelson Ave side – um, or not the Nelson Ave side, the Union Ave side, sorry. So you come out like you're going towards town, um, like you'd go straight towards that big park, Congress Park, which is right in the center of downtown. Yeah. Um, So essentially right across from the track main entrance it's the national racing hall of fame. Um, and they do inductions, uh, Whitney week, I believe. Um, and they just redid the whole thing. It's looks incredible. Um, so they have plaque for everybody that's in there. And a lot of it's virtual now. Um, you know, they have things where you can call a race, you can ride a race. Um, they do like all sorts of tours and events and Tom Durkin does, uh, some stuff with them to give tours for people. I think it's like one Friday a month or every other Friday um, that you can sign up for. And they do the same thing at the track too. They have tours um, in the morning with the trolley that goes around. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I've
2: never been able to go in there obviously because it's during race day and we're only there from a Friday and Saturday and then on you know, Sunday morning, but it's very cool. I I'd highly recommend going to Saratoga Springs it's in new york but with it's it's got a kentucky feel a lot to it like a smaller town smaller hometown but great food great ambiance the nightlife is incredible I, if i remember correctly the, the last time i went i couldn't get the Travers until 2 p.m the next day <laughs> because of the night before <laughs> yeah so well. it was a
3: lot of fun I've had many of those days over the years. <laughs> hey man,
1: I uh, being from New York, I assume you probably go to Aqueduct. You go to Belmont, but I guess uh, the Saratoga meet is what get get your ball rolling, right? I mean, I, I'm sure you're ju- you you wait for that one, correct?
3: Yeah, like to be honest, I probably wouldn't even live here. I'd move south somewhere if uh, I didn't have Saratoga like the season. Um, really you know it i mean it stimulates the whole economy here they i think last last year they lost about 20 million in taxes just not having the meat and you know they have the horse sales here um selects and then they have the new york breads it's the monday tuesday after the whitney and then it's the following saturday sunday for the new york breads um but yeah it's uh, people up here like live for it and so
1: obvious I'm guessing is, is Travers weekend your favorite? Uh, is that the one you look forward to the most? Or is there a is it Whitney Day or w- w- what weekend are you the get you going the most?
3: I'm definitely a big Whitney, um, as opposed to Travers. Sometimes during Travers, you know, it's just too much too many people, too many places. Whitney is just like a great, you know, now they added in that um Saratoga Derby. Um, yeah. Saratoga Oak. So you have like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, great racing. And then you go right into the sales Monday, Tuesday. Um, and you know, it's all, it's kind of when everybody's in town, that's like, I'd say more so the racing people, you know, people that don't come all year, but they come up to buy a couple horses, um, from California or Kentucky or Florida or wherever it might be. So you kind of see, you know, people that, you know, and grew up with um that's pretty cool
1: and you you were talking to us briefly you know a lot of all of the, the, the big time people that we all follow you're pretty close friends with a lot of them. you care to share some of those relationships with us real quick you know you know some some big names
3: yeah so growing up around here you know on i was an intern at the track and had my cousin had some horses um and i grew up with like the mclaughlin kids um uh kieran's now Saez's agent obviously um the motts you know they s- sat right by where we sat growing up um the Clemonts, um you know chad brown he grew up in mechanicville so he's always been around here Um, a lot of just the new york guys um and it's cool because most of them you know this is the meat they point for and they have success so when they have success typically it helps me have success
1: <laughs> yes. And uh, do you see a lot of rivalry? With those guys, or do they want to stick it to each other. They want to
3: beat each other up the big days at Saratoga. Do you see a lot of that? Um, you know, a lot of them are really good friends. Um, it's kind of like a fun rivalry. It wouldn't right. be like a Yankees Red Sox, Carolina Duke, but it might be like a Yankees Tampa Bay Rays. Or um, the one thing though is Pletcher, both Pletcher and Chad. Are probably the two most competitive of all of them. Really? Neither one of them wants to lose the title, and they have, no, you know, they're they're cool. You see it, they see each other. Hey, what's up? But neither of them wants to lose the title, and they share a lot of the same owners over the years. Um, yeah, it's like towards the end of the meet, the last week or so, you can definitely see uh, the reactions and celebrations getting a little bit more intense than you can the first couple weeks. That's interesting. I was, you know, because Todd's always so
1: stoic, and and Chad and Chad is a little bit, but he's also does a fun side to it. I didn't know exactly if how important those training titles are to guys sometimes, but apparently more so than I thought they were. So it, that's interesting. And uh, Bob got you here. Well, you go to Saratoga a lot, so you know the ins and the outs. You know your circuit. What are some sneaky things that you could tell the uh, tell folks like us? Uh, who tune in from out of the state or whatever, you know you know the ins and outs. Is there any little tips you have any key anything you key on, and look for the breathless may not have an idea
3: about? Um, so there's this book that I actually get um that's really good. I recommend it for anybody that's playing Saratoga over the um meet. It's called the Saratoga Handicapper. Jim Mazur does it every year yes. by Progressive Handicapping and a lot of those stats that are in there um there's some that i use like you know the running styles um on the dirt you're primarily you know a stalker or you know towards the front um you know it has trainers that do well their first start of the meet versus trainers that do well towards the end um so yeah it's kind of i don't know it off the top of my head but i reference that a lot um it's only 30 bucks so you know for somebody. Like you guys and me that are playing every day, it's definitely a good uh, investment.
1: Okay, and uh, so let me actually—I got an opinion on horse Thursday. All right, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna make one play. I'm gonna play the Scholarville. I'm a, I'm a single pipeline girl for Tom Amos. Am I crazy or what? Um, let
3: me see. I mean, that race I thought, you know, it might while it goes through Wesley, I thought it was more open than um. Others might, um, but I kind of like that horse for Robert Reed. Um, yes. Is that Monmouth horse, yeah, it kind of fits the same pattern of that Pletcher that won at Churchill closing day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Monmouth, it was inside post, no whip, and, you know, the horse will improve with a whip, I would assume. Um, so it kind of, that, it kind of like hit me when I saw that horse from Mammoth. To the pletcher um but i don't think wesley's a uh, cinch in there um so i have no problem with using that um amos horse
1: okay all right so I, I, need, I need i need
3: i need a little opinion there are you talking
0: about the pletcher horse uh in the schuylerville the uh the, the i i don't have it in front of me the the, the daughter of run happy Old um happy.
3: no that's the um I was saying I was comparing it to uh, the Pletcher had a horse that won at Monmouth first out, and, and then went on with Foster no, Day. Went on. Yeah. yeah, and then came back to win on Stephen Foster Day, and got kind of overlooked because it was a Monmouth small field, and they couldn't use a whip, um, and all that. So I think you know this horse will improve kind of like that one. Um, this guy's a pretty sharp trainer.
0: Uh, don't mind me. I, I I was confused. I thought Happy Soul was trained by Pletcher. But it's, it's, you're right, it's Wesley it's
1: Robert, Robert, no, he's talking about the Robert Reed horse. Yeah, I know, think. I know. Okay.
0: He said that the, the race was deeper than the Ward horse, so. Yeah,
1: I got you. I got you.
0: So yeah, don't mind me.
1: <laughs> okay, but, see, see. Matt,
0: Matt, what kind of uh, player are you? you? You pick five, pick four, or or win, win only, or what? What do you play?
3: Yeah, primarily pick five. Um, I'll make <laughs> some win bets and doubles here and there. Um, but I like to go for the big ones, but sometimes you know, especially up here, Keeneland, those type of meets, it can get really frustrating. You know, four or five, yes. four or five, four or five, and they're paying yeah. twenty thousand, ten thousand, and you're just sitting there. Any what score? am I doing wrong?
0: Any, any scores that you've made recently that uh, at Saratoga that you, you care to share with us?
3: Um, trying any to think, Last year I hit a pick five that paid like 10, which was one of my better ones Nice um, at Saratoga. Um, ironically, last year I had a much better Del Mar, and I don't know how because um, <laughs> by the time Del Mar came around, you know, last year everybody's sitting in everybody's backyards watching the races, having drinks. Downtown did a lot of different events for, you know, pay 100 bucks and get a seat and two drink tickets, and I'm like, I don't know how, but by the time Del Mar came around, somehow I put something together every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you like to have a few drinks at the tracks, what you're saying.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because not really at the track. I'll do maybe two or three at the track at the most over, you know, the whole day. But then, you know, I zeros for a couple hours after the races, then to dinner and then to town, and you never know what – uh. Happens from there. Get back up and start all over again, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you uh, use any other supplemental info like workout reports or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I really like the DRF workout reports. Um, Mike Walsh, I think he does a really good job um over the years. Um, Gulfstream this winter, um the past couple winters he's done excellent, and you know last summer he did pretty well up here too
0: ironically brandon has promised to buy me a subscription to the uh i
1: remember
0: him
3: saying
1: that i remember him saying that the other day
0: i don't know if he's going to come through with that or not i got the
3: fourth of july sale for it so it's normally i think about 10 bucks per credit and it was i got 40 of them for 240 nice nice deal what is Uh, is
0: that come to about six dollars each yeah yeah that's all right six dollars each that's cool all right. Well, uh, so before we, uh, before we let you go, uh, you know, we, we've got to ask you, do you have anything that's live, maybe that's coming up that we need to take, an eye, take, a, take a closer look at? Maybe we need, we need to hit some of those $10,000 pick fives, too, you know.
3: You know, I, I think opening day, Bill Mott's going to have a pretty um, good day. He, um, he has those two babies in the second and the fifth. I know they're pretty competitive races, but you're going to get a good price. Um, and then, in the third race, he has that horse treason, um, which they all bet, you know, first out, the horse was twenty five to one, and we were still kind of confused how that happened. Um, <laughs> but if that, you know, we, we're supposed to get rain on and off, so hopefully it it's not too bad. um, and they keep that race on the turf. um, that'll probably be my uh, single in the early pick five on uh, opening day. Cool. Okay. I've got a, r- a
1: quick question for you here, uh, Matt. Uh, uh, Naira has some really good announcers, but there's uh, – of all the analysts and stuff, the people do do TV work there, who do you think is the best? Who
3: do you like? Um, I mean, there's I one love obvious Richie Migliori. Oh, really? Okay. I was thinking someone uh-huh. else. He's good. I'm biased to him, me, me and his son – we're interns together up in the press box when we were like 18 years old. So we kind of like, you know, that was when we really got into playing pick fours and pick fives together. And he used to come by and he'd be like, Oh, you guys aren't using the winner. This was (laughs) when he first started working up in the TV stuff. And we'd be like, Oh, who'd we leave off? And sure enough, he was probably right more times than not, especially more than us. Well, you know, I,
1: I think Maggie Wolfendale's. as good as there is in the game to be honest with you. And, Acacia's is really really good too, but uh, I think you got two really good ones up there to do your uh do the Saratoga feed up there. We we get to see the Saratoga feed down here. So I think they're great. But yeah, Meg is good too.
3: Yeah, when Maggie talks about the two-year-olds like if I got, you know, I'm playing a pick 5, it's the first leg. I got three of them. She starts mentioning these other ones. I change her my ticket when she talks.
1: Hey Amen. She's she's that good.
0: All right, guys. Well, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. And talking to us I've enjoyed this you're, uh, you're younger than the rest of us But you're very well spoken And uh, oh, we've yeah, enjoyed yeah. this conversation
3: Yeah, great time And uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys up here this summer Hey okay. Matt uh, Tell everybody like how to follow you on
2: Twitter And things like that What's your Twitter handle?
3: Yeah, it's M-P-A-P-P-P-S One more time That's a lot of P's It's M-P-A And then three P's, S Okay, cool. Yeah, I follow
1: Matt. He's a great follow guy. So I would definitely recommend following Mr. Matt. The guy
3: knows his Saratoga inside and out. Very impressive. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions, you know, that's listening or you guys, like, feel free to reach out. I'm, you know, always around the track. I, I don't, you know, show people where to get drinks and stuff after the races and hang out, watch some races together.
1: Yeah, Saratoga cannot have a better ambassador than you, uh, Matt. <laughs> I try all right thanks a lot matt
0: Uh, good luck to you
1: thank you you too guys
0: all right well i'm pretty much stoked for saratoga Uh, i can't hardly wait some great wagering action and uh more importantly brandon is going to buy me that clocker report subscription Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. while we're here just can you go on paypal me the 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 money right now are you just gonna buy it yourself and and give me the password
2: How's that working there, pal? I'm gonna I'm gonna call our unofficial sponsor, aka Twin Spires, and see what the discounts I could get uh based on some of the subscriptions and, and of course our brand loyalty to the online wagering site. And if you're out of state, don't forget, use TwinSpiresOnTheInternet.com on the to make your official bets like I did in Granada.
1: <laughs> That's good knowledge. That's good knowledge, and I hope they appreciate that.
0: But I don't think Twin Spires and Day of the Racing form get along, so I don't think you're going to find a DRF clocker report on Twin Spires.
1: Possibly not. I, yeah. Second just, thing, is it Grenada I or
2: Grenada? I love Grenada. Oh, shoot. Grenada. Grenada's in Spain.
1: <laughs> That's uh, true. Okay. No. Yeah, hey, it. by the way, how about how about Matt Pappas? I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Matt Pappas. We talked to him off air. There's nobody – there is nobody uh, that you're going to talk to that knows more about Saratoga than than Matt. So we, we got to give a shout out to Matt. He was fantastic, wasn't he, guys? Yeah, he's yeah. he's he is to
0: Saratoga what I am to Golden Corral.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna look <laughs> him up when I'm there. I'll try to get the official uh, photo for the podcast and and maybe you know go around back see what else he knows there. Get get his VIP access into Saros because every time I go, it's a big wait. And, I never get a seat. I don't know. It's It feels like a local spot and it ain't for me.
1: He's like the Gary Palmasano of, of Saratoga, it seems like. Or- no doubt. And every yeah. time
2: you go anywhere at Churchill, Gary's there. I mean, I could be in the back side <laughs> of the morning, they're checking your temperature. Gary's there. You could be freaking mucking stalls in some corner. Gary's there.
1: Yeah. we love Gary. Gary's been on the show twice. He knows his stuff, and yeah. I see similarities between Gary and Matt. I highly recommend following both of them on Twitter, and and hopefully I'll get to meet Matt in person too. So, yeah, they're both great guys, and uh, Gary, Gary Gary Matt reminds me a lot of Gary.
2: Yeah, and if Gary's listening, I really felt like I should have gotten a walk around pass from him this year, and I just didn't. We didn't get far, but he did answer my request so maybe next year. We've already had him on the pod so many times. We've we'll make sure he handle. listens to this. Oh, uh, yeah, we've grown his Twitter handle like 10 times. I mean, he had 10 friends. Now he's got like a 1,000. So <laughs> I'm just saying, come on, Gary. Come through next year, buddy.
1: This was unplanned, Gary. If you're listening, this was unplanned, but uh, we just started railing on you. <laughs> hey, I never
0: forget. I never forget. Hey, one more shout-out. I think uh, is it uh, uh, our buddy uh, – Rob. Mr. Benefield, is it his, his birthday? birthday coming soon? Is it today? It's or? today.
1: Rob Benefield, happy birthday, brother. It's his 50th birthday. We know he's listening. Ooh, happy birthday, I Rob. Know.
2: Yeah, man, great. Great achievement. Happy summertime. See you at Ellis.
0: How old do you think he is? I just said it. You said it? I didn't I wasn't listening. He's 50. He's 50?
1: Yeah, Rob's 50.
2: Okay, I didn't know that. Well, he looked, you, he's a young 50. If he shaves, he'd be 45.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I agree that's, with that.
1: That's, <laughs> what da- that's what my daughter tells me.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Enough chit chat. Let's get to work. Uh, we're going to talk about Ellis Park on Saturday. Eight race card. Interesting card. Not a great card. I would probably call this before scratches. This is probably a B minus, maybe.
1: Fair to say. Fair to say
0: and but it's it's got some interesting races in it and uh uh let's kick it off with race three let's start there this uh by the way you know the racing has not been good at ellis no the two-year-old racing has been outstanding i think for the most part you know yes they, 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 they had a, a race uh two-year-old race on sunday everything was loaded there was some nice horses in there and you know it, it, it's worth uh checking out some of those replays, maybe jotting some notes on some of those replays. There's some nice horses coming out of those races. So I um, guess before
1: but, we get into this, you know, we should mention that because we, we are Kentucky racing fans. We unapologetic about it. We, we try to promote the circuit. We talk about the circuit and we love Ellis park quite a bit, a lot, a lot more than a lot of people do, but we can't, we cannot overlook the fact that the racing has not been good so far. As CC said, the two-year-old racing has been good, but, uh, Maybe from a horse player standpoint, they've had they've had problems with the weather, admittedly, but they card a lot of turf races. And when you when you're rolling a dice with the weather like that, you have a lot of cancellations. They've had gate scratches. Uh, they're only racing three days a week, eight races. And I know there's competition throughout the country, throughout the Midwest with the, for horses. But uh, it, it feels like uh, so far it's not been up to par. It, at times, it's been unplayable. We hope that's not the case later this, this week and for the meet going forward. But uh, we're going Saturday, folks. We're gonna go up there Saturday. And we just hope the card stays together this time. And I mean, do you have any thoughts on it, CC?
0: Well, the the issue there's a lot of issues going there's
1: on. There's a lot of issues.
0: There's a horse shortage. Yeah. Churchill Churchill's barn area is closed because they're installing a new turf course. Right. So you've got a lot of barns scattered out, and a lot. I think I I have a feeling a lot of local guys have gone to Saratoga. Uh, we know our friend Michelle's gone to colonial which opens next week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that yeah, just I mean her alone she's got 20 horses probably and that's, you know, that that could really help uh help the entries there. So I I think it's a, it's one of those it's a perfect storm uh, for them to have a bad meet, but uh maybe with some of the uh, off the turf races maybe we can have some full full cards going forward.
1: I would add, also add that I think what happens is there's so many good trainers there now and there's good horses that there's a, from a horse player standpoint there's a separation of haves and have-nots. So in multi-race wagers, you have to use a Brad Cox, you have to use an Ian Wilkes, for, for instance, because they have a tendency that those horses tower over the ones they're running against. So you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of chaos, I guess, in your multi-race wagers or even your uh, your verticals so God. far because everybody's using the same horses on the win end.
0: Gone so, are the days of the Jerry Joe Greenwells and the and the L. V. Cobb's and the Yes uh, Delmar Dobbs and those guys. Uh, you know they, they used to you know have a stable Ellis and then turn them out for the rest of the year. But that, those, those days are gone. So that's going to hurt the entry box, and that's part of the problem with uh, good purses. I assume you know if the
1: Yeah the big, you attract the bigger guys, yeah, the bigger the, owners.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the, the smaller guys just can't compete, and it's almost. it's a a shame there's got to be ways to work around that but i I don't know what they are so
1: in the meantime
0: in the meantime race three five furlongs on the dirt maiden two-year-olds and i think the favorite is going to be i don't have a morning line yet but i think the favorite is going to be number two roger mcqueen who's making second start for larry Ravelli. this horse was entered at Arlington a few weeks ago, I believe on the day that Brandon's horse was running up there, and they scratched, and Ravelli scratched this horse, and he won the race anyway with a stable mate. This horse, I went back and watched his work at Ocala, and this horse is really fast. I think he worked like 10 flat, maybe $530,000 purchase by Unified. Unified's already had a stakes winner, and Brian Hernandez Jr. is legging up here. Uh, any. Anything you want to add to that? I I know Dale Roman's horse on the rail, Mr. Buma, is a $370,000 son of Candy Ride. I've heard some steam on that one already. So anything else you want to add?
1: It's kind of what we were discussing a moment ago. The two-year-old races draw. The two-year-old racing has has gotten some acclaim. These horses have went on to have big careers. So you're seeing – you don't see quote-unquote smaller trainers in this race. It's Roman's, it's Revelli, it's Maker, it's Asmussen, and – it looks on paper like there's three potentially live horses, maybe four potentially live horses in here. You've, you mentioned Roger McQueen, who was had all the steam in his debut at uh, I think Dallas Stewart beat him, and uh, Gun Knights, I me mean, a really nice horse ran second. He just couldn't quite keep up with those horses coming out of the gate. This horse can be heavily bet, but he's not the only one's gonna take action here. The the, the Steve Asmus horse on the outside for Winchell the ass has a career of horses running up the track at churchill going to ellis and winning by daylight at five or six to one especially for winchell so this horse took a ton of money in his debut he was ahead of all the steam and uh got beat uh in a really tough deep maiden race i believe the second place horse came out here and won last week right texas red hot so the horse did not run a step you can expect a much better effort today Uh, On Saturday, they're putting blinkers on the horse. This horse is supposed to be good. And then you've got the Dale Romans horse on the rail, Mr. Boomer for the Alba folks. Whenever Romans and Alba get together in a two-year-old, the horse is usually alive. Uh, One of those three is going to win the race. I don't know which one. I think it's going to be a fun race to watch. To get you a beer at Ellis, get you a hot dog and sit. Maybe, hopefully, maybe alive to something. But uh, I think this there could be a nice horse coming out of this race. Let's put it that way. Yeah, might
0: see a yeah a future stakes horse coming out of here for
1: sure. Yeah, and Mike Maker's horse is no slouch either, by the way. Right, right. right.
2: Yeah, the ahead, only Reed. two the only two I'm not going to play or really even give much to is Kinger and Exclaim, the number three and number four. You know, the ones with Keith DeSormo, Sormo, Exaggerator sire. And then uh, the other unified that's a much lesser price, and you've got Robbie on the mount. I mean, I just, it's really hard to bet those two, but uh, it, it'll be a good race if they if it holds. And uh, those are my only two that I just won't cover.
1: I think Kinger was scratched last week. What, CC? I, I think he was <sighs> scratched up a maiden race last weekend at Ellis for this oh. spot. But anyway, probably usually when Robbie's on, well, usually when Robbie Alvarado is on a McPeak horse a first-timer, a two-year-old, uh, the horse runs well, but they're just get, usually getting a race. And they, the horse is usually a good super effective play. If you see Robbie on one of his McPeak's first-timers, they're not really there to win. They're usually there to – but they usually put in a good account of themselves. So anyway.
0: Race four is on the turf for two-year-olds. It's a mile on the grass, and sometimes you'll see some horses win this type of race and then go on to Saratoga to race at the stakes up there. Sometimes uh, I'm guessing that number three, Lucky Boss, may be the morning line favorite. Son of Street Boss out of the Van Nistelrooy mare has a little turf pedigree. Looks like uh, horse went off the favorite in one of those uh, maiden special weights that's re- restricted to mm-hmm. horses that have been purchased for like forty-five thousand or less. Right. And uh, Hernandez takes the call again. I, I got a feeling this is probably the one, but uh, I can be swayed very easily here.
1: Well, you know, you, you make a great point about that and it's something people need to keep in mind. You're going to see them up at Saratoga. They have these races where it's a stri- you see maiden special weight, but it's a maiden special weight restricted to horses who sold for less, a certain amount of auction. I think, I think Churchill's run those races for 40, 45,000, 50, what was it? CC. Because McPeak is really good in those. McPeak is excellent at picking a picking those horses out at uh, a lesser price at auction and then putting them in these restricted maiden special weights. He does it at Saratoga all the time. And so I'm a little surprised that horse ran poorly in his first start at Churchill. So you can make a case that he's moving up in class today, but then maybe he just needed the race. So uh, Lucky Boss is a wire-to-wire threat in the race. I think, you know, when, when McPeak goes on the turf at Ellis, you got to watch out. And ordinarily, he's an automatic play for me there, but uh, I kind of like Temple of Madness. Mark Cassie and Chris Lander also running running ex- exceptionally well so far. Uh, this horse catches my eye because it's two five-and-a-half furlong races for the exact same thing. Uh, it has that look of a horse going sprint-sprint route. Uh, it, basically, the pace figures were the same each time. The running style makes it look both times like he wanted to go longer. Today, he goes longer. He's by American Pharaoh. Uh, it just feels like this horse might be a little live today so I'm looking at Tempo Madness but I think Kiss the Sky for Makers probably live too but I'm going to lean to uh, and again this is Tuesday a lot of stuff can change between Tuesday and Saturday we're taping this on Tuesday Uh, so it's always a throw an asterisk anybody any person making a selection three days out but I kind of I kind of like Tempo Madness here
2: Alan I'm with you man I think the same thing of that horse it's a big danger, but you know, and I also like to kind of peruse the also eligibles. I don't see much on also eligible that would, you know, really catch my attention. With two-year-olds, I mean, it's really hard to win first out. I like to get them a start or two, uh, but going the mile is is a challenge for any new horse that's never raced. So, you know, I, I'm going to be very uh one or two, you know, horses deep on anything here. So. Uh, pretty much what everyone has also said. There's nothing else that really kind of, uh, you know, kind of my fancy.
1: Yeah, well, I should mention real quick that I note, this interesting Western River in this race is six horse, the first time starter by Rudy Brissett uh, is a tappet that, you know, tappet goes for 185,000. They purchased this horse for 30,000, but still running straight maidens. So a little weird a, a tappet going for 30, but. It just makes you wonder how uh, what kind of uh, odds this horse will be. But. Yeah,
0: that horse had to have had issues. Had to have
1: issues. Well yeah. bred.
0: You, you never know what, you know, maybe the horse didn't develop or maybe he's got some uh, issues with the x-rays or something like that. I mm-hmm. want to talk That's, about this real quick. Uh, Kiss the skies, is the son of Twirling Candy from Mike Maker. Uh, and this they gave $290,000 for this horse at Ocala March. I'm looking at him right now. He, he worked 10 and 1 uh at Ocala and he is a half excuse me a full brother to nice not nice I believe that was Buff Bradley's
1: yes Back in the nice day. turf horse nice turf horse
0: yeah so you know and, and twirling candy's all the rage right now we talked to Carrie Brogdon a couple weeks ago and Carrie Brogdon and uh they, they are in love with twirling candy so maybe that's one to to watch out for for Mike Maker
1: agreed and how about? uh a clever name, Gingrich. The number 10 horse by Mr. Speaker is named Gingrich. That's pretty clever. So I'll just... Silverton that Hill. Over. Yeah. Silverton Hill, that's right. That's, your peep. that's a CC's peeps. And Brian Lynch has had a good year. You gotta watch anything Brian Lynch sends out these days. Yep.
0: Okay. Alright, let's talk about the late pick four. I think it's kind of difficult, really. If, if it holds together, this is kind of... It's low-key difficult. Race five is a Uh, Non-winners of two races, lifetime, going a mile, the one-and-a-half-turn mile, to the lounge race, purse of 52,000. That is just outstanding. But just a seven-horse field, I'm thinking the favoritism may go to the outside with either Cryo, who was claimed off of Brad Cox by Bill Morey, a previous guest of the podcast, or number seven, Colonel Bowman. Who goes for Cox? Who's having an outstanding meet? He's seven for
1: fourteen. I got to think it's Colonel Bowman that gets favored. I, I would make I would make Colonel Bowman the favorite.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it, anything else to stick out here? It's a tough race. It's, I
1: think. it's a tough race, but I I'd probably decide with Colonel Bowman. This horse uh, just ran a. This is a the the weird for those who don't know Ellis Park has the their one mile race is a one point five. Uh, almost like a bent paperclip looking race. It, it's a 1.5 turn mile, if that makes any sense. And so I, I kind of like the way Colonel Bowman ran last time. It was a kind of an, uh, I won't say an even fourth, he did make up a little bit of ground. I think the, 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 the distance, the way the, the configuration of this track might help the horse, even though she breaks from, uh, he breaks from the outside. That's a good fourth to a really nice horse for Ignacio. It's a Ignatio race. has the ride right of a lifetime, right? Yeah. Am I right about that? Yes. And Macron is a really nice Steve Asmussen horse. And Angkor is a horse that's going to cause some problems down the road. A uh, really nice horse I expect to win next time out. That's Phil Bauer, Rigney Racing. So I thought that was a really good fourth last time. I'm expecting Angkor to come back uh, with a vengeance. Same thing with Macron. So the, the, the fourth in that race, I think, uh, puts her or him above these horses. So give me Colonel Bowman. Are you thinking single? A uh, single. I got again. It's it's Tuesday, but I'm not sure who I would take over the horse. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Cousin Larry may come late for a piece. Hoist the mainsail. Uh, a little bit of speed. I mean, speed's always gonna be dangerous in a race such as that. When because there's not a lot of speed in the race, but yeah, I definitely could see Colonel Bowman be a single.
2: Uh, Brandon's gonna single him for sure, and we know oh, we yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was looking actually in the rail, Cousin Larry. For Brereton Jones, like you said, Alan, it may come in late for a piece, but I don't know. you got to look at the condition type, and now you're comparing it to nine winners of two. This horse got a lot of experience. Uh, some early speed on the last right, you know, last time out at Churchill, going a mile and the sixteenths, gets a little cutback. Uh, you know, it's kind of confusing. I like to see you can get a price. This horse will be a price. It'll be, I'd say, greater than six to one, so... You know, that might be something fun if it can hold on. But, yeah, the outside looks to be the predominant favorites for sure.
1: Yeah, this is a drop in class for Colonel Bowman. I agree with you there. And uh, Colonel Bowman, in in his debut, he went off even money against a defeater, who was a big-time allowance winner on Risen Star Day for Tom Amos. I thought the horse had derby potential. Colonel Bowman ran second to him that day. Uh, Didn't do much in his second start, but that was – Two Lane Trist and Wild for Wycliffe in that race. Uh, this horse is running against some tough horses in his career, so I think this is a dropping class for Colonel Bowman. How about you, Cece? Anything you see in particular here?
0: Uh, well, I'm gonna talk about Cryo. I, I was he was four to five last time on the dropping class, and he just I didn't think he was very impressive. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, what Maury's gonna be able to do with him. I, he, he's more of a grinder, so yeah. I don't. The, this one term mile would suit him so if you don't like colonel bowman though it causes a real problem because i don't really care for anything else in here
1: yeah so. but, cryo that you're right the other one dropped down at four to five and it was not a visually impressive race and the horses ran behind her Bama lamb and june sander are not much uh maury can improve one there's no question about that but uh yeah it's it's colonel bowman my way
0: that horse is also entered on Thursday at Indiana Grand too, so we might might take a look at that. Cryo might actually scratch out of here. Mm,
1: uh, interesting. And
0: same with Notable Exception. Notable Exceptions entered on Friday, so my goodness, this this could go down to a five horse race real quick.
1: We've seen enough of that crap there this meet. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. Uh, race six uh, made special weight, and this is for the males three years old and up, mile on the turf course. Uh. Again, I don't know, maybe a mild favorite would be one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six, no slow-mo for John Ortiz, son of Uncle Mo. Last seen in the Del Mar Derby last September. I, I would say a tepid favorite, maybe at three to one, maybe at the best. Uh, there's some others in here, King's Mischief. But, uh, you yeah, know, I, I, this this race is another, It's a, it's a head-scratcher for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a head-scratcher, but no slow-mo might be favored. I think you can make a strong case for engraved, perhaps, because, I mean, that's one of the ones I would be strongly considering in here because when uh, Paulo Lobo gets these OXO cast-offs, uh, and when he does, he runs well with them. Uh, he does real well with these OXO horses. There's been one or two that have not fired for him, but for the most part, I remember at, at Turfway, he put out two first-time starters. They ran one, two. Uh, so he doesn't get the top-notch OXOs, but he's got some of the layoff horses. horse had some issues. I see this as one of those horses, and this horse competed well at Belmont last year. Hell, he ran second to calibrate at Saratoga, who was all the rage. Uh, Scarlet Sky was an impressive winner at Keeneland on the turf. So this horse has talent. Uh, the layoff's a question, but Paulo seems to bring him back well for these guys. I would not let the, the trainer switch bother me, nor I let Alex the Chard bother me. Alex the has been doing pretty well, but Indiana, I believe. So, it, it, with this horse's back talent, if Paul has him ready, I think he's a strong contender. I believe you mentioned a moment ago uh, King's Mischief, who has gotten a little bit better this year for uh, Ian Wilkes on the turf. Again, Chris Landarral, this horse could improve on the stretch out. And and again, if, if no slow-mo were to run back to his, his uh, California form, but there's a long layoff there. The horse is a competitor as well, but I'm most intrigued by Engrave. Uh, in we should mention Chad Brown and Clarevich have a first-time starter in this race. Chad Brown has found his way down to Ellis Park this meet. So, obviously, with those connections, Chad Brown, Clarevich, by not this time, uh, that horse is a contender as well, too. But I'm thinking Engrave primarily for myself. Yeah, I'm all
2: over the board on this race. I don't, I don't have any... <laughs> nobody's like really kind of standing out to me. There's a lot of different angles here. You know, some horses have already been on dirt. They've gone to turf. They're sticking back to turf. I, some I'd like to see go back to dirt. But, uh, you know, and if we get rain, these MTOs could, could have, definitely have something to say. But I, I I don't have a real strong perspective on any of these. This is going to be a game time decision.
1: I like that. I like the honesty there. Again, it's Tuesday. These races are Saturday. I like it. <laughs> we don't know how the weather is going to be. We don't know anything right now. but
0: Just one pedigree note. only thing, I, you know, on Palabran, who is the four-horse honor code, the mayor has produced a stakes winner on the turf when the dove flies. And dove hunt was a good. Yes. Earl Howard. Bill Howard and, and Will Ferris long time ago. But, uh, and Robbie Medina has, has won first out before, I know. So maybe one to watch. But, yeah, this, it's a interesting race for sure. Race seven is, I like it, the good Lord stakes. Uh, formerly the Don Bernhardt, six and a half furlongs, named after uh crack sprinter for, uh-oh. uh oh, Forrest Kalen? Forrest Kalen. It escaped me for a minute but yes forrest kalen trained the uh, good lord back in the day and i'm certain that the favor is going to be bango the three horse for greg foley fresh off two victories at churchill downs and the kelly's landing and the aristotle stakes bango's probably going to be in the area four to five would you not agree
1: i would make him that uh I think he's the one to beat. Obviously the horse on a tour. bangles. Let's brag a little bit. CC. We knew this horse is going to be good for a long time. And uh, it just, it took a while for everything to click, but now this horse has learned how to come from off the pace, uh, learn how to stall. Cause this horse should be pure speed and uh, it's taken a while, but now all of a sudden Greg and, and Travis and, and Alex and all those guys with the Foley barn have got this one running really, really well. And this is a good spot for the horse. Uh, there's some good horses there. I think it's a pretty good a version of the of the, uh, the good Lord. But, I mean, I'm not going to go into Bango as hot as he's going right now. Uh, Brittany Vandenberg comes down from all, uh, Chicago with a very, very fast horse named I'm Corfu. Uh, the horse is obviously a dangerous wire-to-wire threat. I'm still going to take my guy Bango here because I think, you know, Bango can be put in a spot wherever he needs to. If he needs to stalk, if he needs to go to the front, they can do whatever they want to with Bango. So, yeah. Uh, Again, I'm Corfu's a threat in here. So Ralph James is in good form for Alstall. I don't blame them for trying this spot. Macedo Rojo is, a, is, is an interesting one in that he's a Louisiana legend. Uh, he's running big time two term uh, stakes races, and they started to look like he started to tail off, and they reinvented him as a sprinter, and his horses aired twice in a rolled down at Louisiana Downs. Uh, at the, at the age of seven, they've reinvented him at seven, and now they put him in the Good Lord here. So that horse would not surprise me with his back class. The horse is twenty for thirty-seven lifetime. I believe the horse may run the Stephen Foster or the Clark. Is that right? Yeah, I he used him in the, in the Clark way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a
0: good night.
1: Yeah, so hats off to him, to the connections for uh, to retooling this horse. That said, race goes through bangle for me. I'm a fan of the horse. I'm a fan of the connections. So. Uh, I'm Team Bango here.
2: Yeah, you know the only thing that scares me about Bango is Sir Alfred James.
1: Agree. Sir Alfred yeah. James
2: has had a lot more time off. Yes, they went head to head once before, and you know it. It you know the outcome wasn't that great for Sir Alfred James, but uh, I, it wasn't that far off either. So I kind of like I like that where Sir Sir Alfred James is. Al stahl has got a great barn. Uh, I'll start junior. I think he waited for this race to come around, give this horse some time. Bengal threw a huge effort last time, I thought. And, you know, obviously we bet him and it was great. These two, I'm going to definitely exact a box. That's definitely going to be my play with underneath a Mosida de Roto, uh, maybe getting in third. Uh, there's, there's, I'm Corfu is dangerous. I just don't know. The last time they raced, I forgot about the, that contest, but uh, a good showing at Churchill, but I just don't think this horse is going to fit with the other ones. So uh, uh, this is a very singular race to me. Uh, Dark Oak, I can't consider. That's a throw throwout. Uh, but Bango and Sir Alfred James, I think the posts are perfect. These guys are going to be running home late. Yeah, the only uh,
0: one thing I'm Concerned about with Bango is uh, maybe a regression off a, a, a kind of a short list.
1: I thought that. I thought that. But the field is easier, so maybe he could bounce and win.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, Sir Alfred James could step up here. Agreed. And, uh, he's only run four times this year, at will space. so you know he may he may get position on Bango. It, it's it's uh, but it's yeah, I, I'm i would lean toward. Bango over Sir Alfred James, but they're going to be the favorites. I mean, that's probably four to five and five to two, maybe something like that.
1: I think Messiah Rojal and I'm Corfu will probably take a little bit of money, but you're probably in the right ballpark.
0: Last race, most important race on the card for gamblers, race eight. Maiden special weight mile on turf. Again, this is probably a split division of the sixth race. And looks like a full field of ten. Uh, as far as favoritism, I don't know. It's uh, it could be newsworthy. It could be our integrity. It could be surveillance on the rail. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Alan, who do you like?
1: I think the favorite would probably be newsworthy, slightly over surveillance. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm probably leaning to those two, which is boring. I like taking more prices, but newsworthy drops in from Belmar as we compete in. Uh, fairly well uh, for Bill Mott. Bill Mott seems like he'll drop in with these sometimes looking for a win. He usually gets it. The surveillance ran really well last time against business model, who is uh, Chad Brown at Churchill. The horse been, business model had been trying the, the turf. They finally put him on dirt. He finally responded. So surveillance chased him around the track. So you have to like those two. A horse I find interesting and a bit intriguing in here is – Empire of the Sun for Brendan Walsh, and the reason is, on, on two, it's, it's good and bad. He didn't run a step in his debut for Chad Brown at Monmouth. Number one, Chad Brown takes him Monmouth. You wonder about the talent level there, but this horse that I pioneered in the Nile out of Brownie Points was an excellent mare who ran here, ran in Arkansas and such, so the breeding is there. What I'm a little concerned, in Brendan Walsh gets it, Brian Hernandez takes him to- so all that adds up to a nice price horse that I would like to use. What I'm a little concerned about is the work pattern is this horse is only is coming to this race off of just three works, uh, two, three furlong works and a 4 furlong work. I'm not one to question Brendan Walsh. I just wonder if there's surely they've got a little more into the horse and then put, put him a mile on the turf. So I would want I, my intent was to pick Empire of the Sun here. Uh, but the work pattern has me a little, little antsy. I still would use the horse. Uh, so I mean, I'm looking, again, it's kind of a boring pick. I'm looking at newsworthy and surveillance. I'm going to keep an eye on Empire of the Sun. Uh, a pro Bono, maybe is a little bit, a bit of a price on the outside because Carlo Vacarezza, Martin Garcia coming in from the West Coast with a couple of decent efforts, particularly the last one. It really seems like he woke up and made him claiming uh, company with a wide draw and a really good speed figure. But, The two I mentioned at the beginning are probably the most likely winners.
2: I think this is one of the most uh, competitive races on the card. Yeah. Uh, Where where you've got a lot of good different angles coming in. Uh, Horses trying, you know, going to turf for once. Uh, I like to pay special mention, to This is a spread race for me. Surveillance on the rail with uh, with Colby Hernandez. Uh, Colby, I think, just rides his heart out. And I think he's he very does. good on he was very good on turf, so I like to watch him, man. Mister Slate, you got a French arc actually trying uh, turf, you know, but has been on turf before, but gets blinkers and and just a different setup. Uh, that that could be something uh, as a long shot for sure. Newsworthy, I think, is very dangerous shipping out of a tough tough Belmont races to try to break maiden. Like you said, the Empire of the Sun, Walsh is on fire. You must recognize it. And he's and it's usually going to be a price. So I think you're going to get better than two to one on this horse. Uh, but I really like Wing Commander. Uh, that This is going to be kind of my favorite play of the day. Uh, this horse debuted pretty well. Really long odds. Uh, no one thought they had a chance. This horse gets a cutback from a mile to 16 to a mile. Uh, i think the horse would really like it uh for neil howard's second trial on the grass i know neil doesn't fire a ton he doesn't race a ton but I- i'm liking everything i see on this horse and getting a little bit of break uh from going from the extra 16 so i'm gonna play wing commander as a bomb to me i want that turf curse f- firm it's not firm this this horse probably gonna make it but uh good storm is a good sire so I'm going wing commander is my top choice. Uh, Empire of the Sun is second because Walsh is just on fire. And then I'm going to pick surveillance. Surveillance. Yeah, surveillance. God, I can't say it. But anyway, Mr. Mr. Slade in fourth because of the pedigree in Flintshire.
1: If if I could make a cut in real quick for you talk, CC. uh, He mentions wing commander for Neil Howard. Neil Howard is not the trainer he used to be. He does not get the results he used to be, but... One interesting thing of note with this horse, as he mentioned, he didn't run uh, well in his debut. Uh, he did hang on after setting the pace better than I thought he would that day. Horse really is a bread for turf on the bottom. That said, he keeps Rafael Bejarano. Bejarano rode the horse first time. He retains the mount here. The reason why that is noteworthy in this spot is that Vicky Oliver has a horse in here uh, who's got some talent because uh, it comes from the Pletcher barn. And it costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And generally speaking, Bay Harano rides for Vicky, and it's Robbie Alvarado's riding for Vicky. Bay Harano is sticking with the Neil Howard horse, so that is something to keep in mind uh, with Brandon's selection. That's that has something that's, that caught my eye a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that race uh, Wing Commander debuted in the second place horse National Road. This was a maiden seventy-five k. National Road came back to run an allowance race at Ellis. And did he finish second, third, something like that?
1: He, he, it was a close third. It was a close, it was a pretty good field.
0: Well, uh, National Road sold yesterday at uh, Tipton for 85,000. So, so somebody thinks a lot of the horse. Yeah, uh, I found that interesting. Uh, if the race comes off the turf, surveillance should tower over this bunch. And just looking at his it, uh,
1: speed, yes, let's hope it doesn't.
0: Yeah, he, he. If it does, he, he's, he should be the one. Um, and then finally, Newsworthy from the Mott Barn ran fifth three lengths behind Treason, who's the horse we're all supposed to bet tomorrow. at, or Not or not tomorrow, but Thursday,
1: Thursday.
0: at Saratoga. So uh, maybe we maybe glean a little information out of that race when it comes. Uh, so, you know, this is a interesting card. If you can stake a claim on just uh, maybe a single— this thing might pay a little bit so i have
1: thought that before this meet i yeah. thought that before <laughs> well
0: yeah first thing the, the, the cards got to hold together and you know but uh
1: I hey if get, anybody is if anybody's out there as you uh at ellis uh Saturday, come by stop by and say hello it'd be easy to find there's not that big of a grandstand so yeah. we'll be out there yeah look for the uh the the, the good-looking gentleman We'll the- be next to them. Yeah.
3: Right.
0: <laughs> exactly right. All right. That's it. That's all I've got. Uh, we want to thank Matthew Pappas for uh, dropping some Saratoga knowledge on us. We're grateful that he joined us. And, of course, we're grateful that you all listened uh, at home. And good luck at Saratoga, Del Mar, Ellis Park, wherever you decide to place a bet. Or good luck to you if you just wanted to hear my sexy voice for one evening. That's all why I'm here. It's all the same to me.
1: <laughs>
0: On behalf of Brandon and Alan, this is CC reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.